It was the beginning of the 90s, and the eyes of the world were in Italy, at the Football World Cup. Probably Maradona's last World Cup. At that time, I had 13 years old. It was summertime, and I arrived at home after a basketball training practice at evening. It was hot like hell. My father was on the couch, watching a football match, and I was hearing shouting, Come on, let's go, go! I thought to myself, Portugal's not playing, who is cheering for? I went to our living room at that time and noticed that he was cheering for African football team, the Cameroon national team. And for my surprise, they were winning England national team by 2-1. I asked my father, why are you cheering for Cameroon? You're Portuguese. Do you have any relatives in Cameroon? And he answered me, Cameroon is a poor country with less economic power compared with England. And even so, they are winning. This is David against Goliath, don't you see? And there it starts, my first love of my life. The Davids defeating the Giants Goliath. Well, at the end, England won the match, after overtime. But who would thought England was almost falling off to Cameron's feet? The guys from Cameron gave everything. They were exhausted. Throughout the game, and like my father, I was cheering for Cameron because I was blown away with the strength and courage of these guys. They gave everything and showed England like an ordinary team. How dare you fight against me? That was my unconscious mind, asking with such admiration for the Davids of Cameron. Since then, I was in love with all the Davids who dared to challenge Goliath in a real life. Back in 2013, I wrote a book called David and Goliath, Underdogs, Mystifies and the Art of Battling Giants, written by Malcolm Gladwell. Like the Cameron guys, this book touched my soul, and I'm starting to notice there are a lot of Davids around us. That's why this podcast, this podcast is all about continuing Malcolm's work by sharing with you battles of the ordinary and superheroes people faced by mighty opponents. My name is Francisco and this is David and Goliath's podcast, the podcast that talks about the art of battling giants. We have all read or heard the story of David and Goliath. The story of someone very tiny, with everything against him, defeating the all-powerful and almighty giant. Who has never heard at football match in the telly or any other sporting event saying, this is a David against Goliath match? Did the little shepherd had great luck in defeating the almighty giant? Some divine intervention caused David to win? Is the probability of this happening so small that they made this an entertaining story? Just like Santa Claus story? Just as Malcolm Gladwell shown on his book, David
David and Goliath. This podcast will also tell you the story of David and Goliath has been told in the wrong way. I'm going to tell real stories from normal people or people known from the public who, after all, always has great enormous chances of beating their giants. What you ultimately need is five stones and a sling. In Israel, there's a region called Sephala, in this central southern area of the country, made up of plains that extend to the coast and climb to Mount Hebron. In the past, this area was a strategic point, who've conquered this area had a clear path to access Jerusalem and Bethlehem. Our combat took place in the valley called Elah, in Israel, in the 21st century before Christ, between the Philistines and Israelian. The Philistines were seafaring people who moved to Palestine and settled on the coastal plains. The Israelians lived in the mountains area of the region, under the leadership of King Saul. At this time, the Philistines were expanding to east, and their objective was to divide Saul's kingdom, conquering the mountains where the Jews were settled. Given this, the battle between the two armies were inevitable. And so, the Israelians camped in the north part of the valley, and on the opposite side of the mountain, on the southern side, the Philistines set up their, ter- their tents. For many days, neither army took the initiative to take the other, because when they attacked the opponent, they had to go down the mountain, cross the valley, and climb the mountain again, where the opponent was, making them extremely vulnerable. A suicidal move, and everybody knew it. The Philistines were tired of waiting, called their greatest and bravest warrior for their army to resolve this contention one-on-one. They called the giant man. It was a common practice at that time to resolve dispute this way. Each army called its best, best man, so that there was a man-to-man confrontation. Whoever won would make his army win the battle. Win the battle. And so it happened. The giant were, was really a giant. According to the Bible, he was six cubits and a span tall. That is equivalent of three and a half meters tall. He was armed with a bronze helmet, a scarlet breastplate which weighed around 70 kilos, bronze leggings, a bronze shield that protects his shoulder, and a spear shaft with a tip that weighed 7 kilos. Because all over this gear he was held by a square. On the Israeli side, a shepherd appeared. The shepherd was David, and the Philistine giant is Goliath. Goliath went down to the valley area and turned to where the Israelis were installed and shouted, Choose a man who will fight with me in a duel. If you defeat me and kill me, we will be your slaves. But if I overcome and kill him, then you'll be our slaves and serve us. Everyone heard this defiant call from the Israeli side, and everyone stood motionless and filled with fear. David was the youngest of four of Jesse's sons, and ten his father's flock. The three oldest sons had gone to Saul's army. One day, Jesse asked David to deliver bread and other food to his brothers in the valley of Elah. The next day, he arrived at the camp, having gone to meet his brothers, 
and at the same time he heard the Philistine Goliath uttering the same insults he made in the previous days. David was curious and asked what's going on. They told him the episode of the past few days. And David asked, what will we do who kills the Philistine and defends the honor of Israel? Everyone answered him that King Saul gives riches and also gives his daughter hand and also, by the end, exempt, exempted from paying taxes in Israel. David's curiosity reached Saul's ears, and he called David to speak. David told King Saul, Let no one lose heart because of this Philistine. Your servant will fight him. To which Saul replied, saying that he could not fight, because he was nothing more than a child. And the giant is an experienced warrior whose life has always been war. David answered by telling him that he was used to taking care of his flock, and that when large animals such as lions came to him, he would run after them, killing them and tearing the sleep the sheep off their of their mouths. And he continues, just as your servant killed the lion and the bear, so will I also do this. Philistine. King Saul convinced and ordered David to give armor, a bronze helmet, a sword. He tried to move with all this on top of him, but it was impossible. He turned to the king and said, I can't walk with this armor because I'm not used to it. And he threw all the armor on the ground. He took his staff and chose five smooth stones from the ground, from the earth putting them in his back, then the sling in his hand, in an advance against the Philistine. And here begins one of the most famous battles of all time. Goliath, put upon seeing young shepherd running at him, said, Am I perhaps a dog that you should come with me with a stick in your hand? Come and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and to the beasts of the earth. David answered with courage, You come to, come to me with a sword, spear and shield, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of the universe, the God of the troops of Israel, whom you, you defied. Can you feel the vibe? David ran towards Goliath, reached out into his back, picked up one of the stones he had picked it up from the ground, put in his sling and threw it at the giant, aiming for his forehead between his eyes. Goliath felt the ground, apparently fainted. David grabs the giant sword and cut off his head. Slush. The Philistines saw their bravest warriors falling down to the ground and fled in fear. David and Goliath is nothing more than a story in which the Davids of this world are confronted by giants. And by giants I mean armies, England national teams, bullying schoolmates, terrible misfortunes, everything you can imagine as terrifying. And when confronted by these enormous opponents, should I play by the rules of the game? Should I give up, run away or face him? Should I submit to fate and see confrontation as a fatality in life? From the start, already David already knew he was going to beat Goliath when he decided to face him in a battle. He was used to kill lions and bears that attacked his flock of sheep, large animals, 
gigantic animals. Nothing new to face this type of opponents. Then David faced Goliath, not following the so-called conventional rules of the time. Goliath was expecting man-to-man -man combat. And it was with this idea that when he saw David, he thought that the Israelis were making fun of him. A shepherd, the lowest profession of the time, fighting a noble warrior. As Goliath asked him, am I perhaps a dog that you should come at me with a stick in your hand? If David thought in this way, he would most likely die at Goliath's hands. King Saul had David wear the armor and helmet because he also thought the battle had to be one-on-one -on -one battle by the rules. David used his sling to knock Goliath down and then with him on the ground cut off his head. David used his weapons. David used his rules. On the other hand, Goliath was a giant. Have you ever seen a tall person moving? Look at all the tall NBA players, the tallest of the tall. Tall people are not agile people. They are slow. They are not the best players in the league. Their job is to rebound the ball, to block the shot, not running after a small guy, dribbling the ball through the pitch. They simply cannot. According to the Bible, Goliath was three and a half tall. A huge man who in, turn, who in turn needed help to move around. A slow guy like the NBA's tallest guys. When he saw the stone heading towards him, he most likely thought, uh oh, game over, I'm F-words. You know what I mean. Being giant is really an advantage. And then giants are not what we think they are. What we think is the strength of enormous superior superiority is indeed cause of, of its weaknesses. In reality, we look at giants as owners of the great power and David as fragile, small and weak, impossible to beat the giant. How we are seeing things in a wrong way, just like sinking Saul did and everyone else who was in that day in the Valley of Elah. Being David and facing enormous challenge that life gives us can lead us to opening doors that we would never thought possible to happen. Being David and facing enormous, overwhelming adversities produces greatness and beauty, as Malcolm Gladwell wrote. All upcoming episodes tell a story of people, which are not famous or known, who faced enormous adversity and were forced to face them. The next episode will show that the powerful and strong ones are not always what they appear to be. And I will continue what Malcolm Gladwell started 10 years ago and continue to prove to everyone that Goliath is not the giant thought he was.